Welcome to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. We're not pastors, just regular guys looking to model positive Christian leadership in our work, families, church, and communities. Want to discover ways to apply scripture effectively in everyday life? Tired of the pat answers in Sunday school? Then settle in for a gritty, authentic, and unexpectedly funny Christian podcast. And now, No Church Answers. And welcome to No Church Answers, a Christian roundtable discussion for men. So for, uh, say you have a spiritual question, don't take that church answer. And that's why we're here. So this is podcast number 267, two, uh, 265. Hard to believe. And it's we're very hard. Yeah, that's really hard to believe. Uh, and we're glad you're here. And where is here? Here is Sugarland, Texas. So grab globe, spin it around, bang. Not sure where you ended up, but spin it around, find Texas. Southeast side of Texas is Houston. Southwest side of Houston is Sugarland. We're not pastors. We're just regular guys, each on our own spiritual journey, meeting daily challenges, hey, just like you out there. And that's right, No Church Answers. That's the No Church Answer buzzer that we're going to get if any of the panels should encroach on something. That sounds like a church answer. So, And <clears throat> this is called uh, Authentic, Gritty, and Unexpectedly Funny. So check us out. Our podcasts are available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on uh, Facebook and YouTube and at NoChurchAnswers.com. So please rate the podcast, leave a review, and it wouldn't be possible without your support. So thanks so much. At this time, I'm going to go ahead and introduce the panel. And we're going to start by, he is a former world-class policy writer and a current professional gambler. It's our show producer, Mr. Steve Titch. Hey, Yo, Steve. Hey, everybody. A former prosecutor and attorney, kind of the group historian. We still call him the judge. That is Michael Cropper. Hey, Mike. Hey, guys. Mike. Hi, guys. And kind of a big deal in the uh, talent development, kind of like a corporate teacher. We call him, he's kind of the group theologian. Uh, we call him the professor. That's Robert Koshu. Yo, Robert. Hello, Robert. And my name is Bill Cox, <laughs> basically a, uh, a sales guy, kind of an indie filmmaker, and a guy that might be employed here again pretty soon. So we're... Anyway, with that, we're going to go through the uh, Job study, and this has been deep. And I'm going to go ahead, and I'm going to turn this one over. I'm going to just start with the producer, Mr. Steve Ditch. Yes, thanks, uh, Bill. Uh, we come to the end of Job, uh, and uh, I want to thank our audiences for going through this with us. This has been a pretty deep one, even for us. Uh, uh, we got to do a lot of stuff, and and as you might might have been able to tell, I'm I'm, I'm a I'm a big fan of the book of Job. It is my my favorite book of the Bible. Uh, it appeals to my libertarian sensibilities, my uh, my dissident sensibilities. So thank you for being with us. And we're going to get to the end. We're going to talk about the final resolution with with Job after the divine speeches. I'm I'm going to throw it over to Mike, who's been kind of keeping us up to speed. If he could just bring us up to date on on uh, kind of. What we what the takeaways from the divine speeches were? All right, all right, Steve. Uh, folks, we are wrapping up Job today, and I want to briefly remind you of what we have learned about Job and his friends. Job and his friends have been arguing about the reason Job is suffering. Job does not know the answer, but he has ranted that God is being unfair to him because he has been loyal, and the extreme suffering he has experienced is without merit. 
And ultimately, he demands a confrontation with God, although he knows that he would lose the argument. All three of the friends believe that Job has sinned, and he is being punished for his sin, even though that Job believes he is upright. And folks, I think Steve has mentioned this before, but if you go back to the first chapter of Job, uh, God himself says that Job is upright and righteous. Well, last week, God confronted Job, as Steve has mentioned. God kind of blanketed Job with so many questions, reveal his infinite wisdom uh, to create and administrate the universe. And Job responded and answered that he had spoken without knowledge and wisdom when he questioned God's decision for him to suffer. And Job repented and apologized. And so today's podcast, God closes the book on Job and his friends. Bill? Excellent. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and just uh, read the scripture. It's uh, Job 42, uh, 5 through 17. After the Lord had said these things to Job, he said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, I am angry with you and your two friends because you've not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So now take the seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and sacrifice a burnt offering for yourselves. My servant Job will pray for you and I will accept his prayer and not deal with you according to your folly. You've not spoken the truth about me as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite, Bildad the Shuhite, and Zophar the Namanite did what the Lord told them, and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. All his brothers and sisters and everyone who had known him before came and ate with him, in his house. They comforted and consoled him over all the trouble the Lord had brought on him. And each one gave him a piece of silver and a gold ring. The Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camel, a thousand yoke of oxen, and a thousand donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. The first daughter was named Jemimiah, the second Keziah, the third Karen Hepa. Nowhere in all the land were there found women as beautiful as Job's daughter, and their father granted them an inheritance along with their brothers. I, I find it interesting the three daughters get names in this and the sons don't. Mm-hmm. Well, I bet Job's That's wife was tired. Yeah, you ain't kidding. Nice. So, so we're at the end of Job, and I've got three things, and I actually can't can't claim this totally for myself, but I heard it on another podcast today. I was listening to from one of our favorite authors, John Maxwell, and he said, "Wisdom is knowing what to do. Skill is knowing how to do it. Virtue is doing it." And I think what we saw in Job and all this story is is that. Then he, then he followed up that with uh, Benjamin Disraeli. He said, the fool wonders the wise person ask. Job asked. And he asked questions that were legitimate. And he answered questions that were out there for all to see. And I think the, my, one of my big lessons from Job 
is there there right now especially there is a strand of Christianity that says you're not supposed to question anything. It's in the Bible. That's how it is. And you know, God said thou shalt and thou shalt not, you know, and thou shalt and thou shalt not according to the Bible. And and there are a lot of there are black and whites in the Bible. But there's a lot of not I won't say gray, but there's a lot of pieces for interpretation where you need to sit down and ask questions. And you really grow your faith when you sit down and ask questions. And I think that's the lesson of the book of Job. I, I think another one, and the it goes back to the prologue with Satan and uh, this the celestial wager. And Satan was ba- was based this whole idea. I want that you to notice the gambler throughout the wager <laughs> term, but <laughs> right, continue. right. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, anyway, yes, uh, the the, the, ante. the ante was up. The ante was up, and it was raised. But the the idea is that was that Satan was saying the only reason Job worships you, God, is that you give him nice things. Take that away, and he will curse you. And well, God wins that one. But throughout this process, what, what Job has, Job, as, as we're told, has the fear of God. Maybe it's the wrong kind of fear because what he fears throughout of this, and, and this is what makes it poignant, he fears that God has abandoned him. That's, he does not lose piety, he does not curse piety, but he, he does not curse God, but he, he is looking for God throughout of all this and he fears that God has abandoned him and that there is really nothing left for him and still he's staying in. And we looked at this and he starts imagining, no, there's more, there's gotta be hope, there's gotta be this redeemer idea. And, and you know, we can, we can say, oh, we got prophetic notions of the idea of a, of a, of a savior or a mediator. But cut to the end, that, though God appears and is mighty and fearsome and speaks out of the storm what job also gets is a reassurance that god hasn't forgotten him mm-hmm. in fact god showed up to his mm-hmm. call that that fear is gone and that's that i think is the difference here his repentance even he repented i don't i i think in this terms it's an idea of he he re, he admitted his mistake not so much that he had sinned but I, I sold you short, God. <laughs> I, I was wrong. You didn't abandon me. I, I feel terrible about that. Now, look, contra- contrast, God turns to the three friends and says, get on your knees <laughs> yeah. well, because and, and you did not speak of me what was, what was right. Yeah. And he, he mm-hmm. leaves the fourth friend alone. Mm-hmm. And we I want to come back to that after okay. our break. Mm-hmm. Bill, <laughs> Bill's like waving me down. Yeah. So. That's right. And with that, we're going <laughs> to go ahead and take our first break. This is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. This is Bill Cox, director of Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men. We're not pastors, just regular guys thanking you, our listeners, for making us one of the fastest growing podcasts in the Christian space. We are proud to announce that the regular guys have earned a video slot on Preach the Word TV Network, a Christian video streaming application with more than 50 million downloads worldwide. To finance our video production, we have launched a GoFundMe page to raise funds for our studio space and production team. 
Our program will be available on Roku, Amazon Fire, and Apple TV. It will also air locally in Atlanta on Saturday mornings on WYGA channel 16.5. To make a tax-deductible contribution and learn more details, please look us up on GoFundMe.com under Man Up Spiritual Oasis for Men or donate directly through PayPal at donate at manupmedia.org. Thank you so much for your support. And now back to the fellas of Man Up. And welcome back. That's right. That's the No Church Answers buzzer. We are here having a spiritual discussion. We are wrapping up Job. And I want to go go back to uh, what the professor was saying and tell him to bring it down to my level. Go ahead. Oh, oh I, got, I, got, I got it totally on your level with this. So there was a fourth friend. <laughs> we talked about him two, three weeks ago, Steve. Two, correct me. Two weeks. Two ago. weeks ago, and he was our millennial, <laughs> who who had lots of knowledge. I heard this today, and I was like, "Oh, this is going to come on it." Japanese proverb: "Knowledge is pro- knowledge is without wisdom is a load of books on the back of an ass." <laughs> <laughs> and oh, that God. was Elihu completely. Yeah. Because all he did is he spat basic God platitudes. He, he spat church answers out <laughs> at Job the whole time. He sat wow. there and, you know, well, well, you that blah, blah, and you just cursed, you know, you just cursed God. So you mm-hmm. obviously have sinned in your life. And, 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 and it just reminded me so much of what we see today. You know, and, and I, I've told it a couple of times. It's in a book we read here. And it was a study done by the Barner Group, and he, they interviewed this one woman, and she said, I wish the men of the church would be more concerned about trying to help me raise my teenage son than concerned that I have a teenage son without a father. And, and, and that's so what we so sometimes as Christians want to get into is we want to get into hammering you on your sin you're wrong. Let me tell you where you're wrong without trying to, de- you know, it, it's the deal of B- Bill. Bill, I know you've gone and done lots of homeless ministry. It's trying to slam them, you know, go down and start preaching to them. And in the meantime, they need a sandwich. They need clothes. They need toiletry items. They need all kinds of other stuff. And all you're trying to do is sit there and preach at them. Yeah, because judgment's easy, compassion is hard. Exactly. And, well, and, and, <laughs> empathy is hard. Mm-hmm. We have a the, the one of the biggest problems facing America right now, and, in the church, out of the church everywhere, is there is a serious lack of empathy in this and, country. And that's exactly exactly what we're actually dealing with here. That Job's mm-hmm. friends had no empathy. They couldn't stop for once and think that that God that that Job might be right here. Eliphaz asked the great question. Who out there, who who unrighteous has ever not been punished? Who righteous has never been unrewarded? The answer to that is, look around, Eliphaz, and tell me if that's really the case. But these these guys were so, you know, and they really did get in our time, divisive to the point where, you know, I am not even going to go as far as consider that Job might be right. Consider his point of view or consider his experience. Well, think about this, though. Let's, let's, let's update this. This book gets kind of confusing uh, for the regular guy like me. 
think of it the relationship like this say you have a friend I'm going to put this in uh, the judge's terminology <laughs> say you have a friend who has it all together okay he goes out in a car and gets a horrible accident okay and the friends all think that you know what it's probably your fault you were probably drinking. It was wasted. Yeah. <laughs> you were drinking. And you made it worse because you took the company vehicle mm -hmm. and you didn't have authority to do it. Okay? So all this stuff is piling on Joe and he's dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And his life, because of this accident, has crumbled. As a matter of fact, physically, he's even crumbled. He can't even do anything. Okay? Mm -hmm. These friends do not help the situation <laughs> at all. And then, in the end, the friend is vindicated because they find out he was authorized. The blood test came back. He was not drinking. As a matter of fact, he was trying to be faithful and helping people out. And meanwhile, the friends were trying to find something in his character to blame. Mm-hmm. How many times does that happen? I can tell you in my family, it happens <laughs> all, all the time. The time. <laughs> they try to find a way to place some blame on it. There's random, randomness in life. There's risk. It shouldn't change your core values, though. That's my point. I, I, think, uh, I think Job's friends are actually start off, off on the right foot. And we've talked about that. I agree. That, right? I, in, in, they Good first, they Good, come they to console to him. And now, I'm going to say something funny, and well, something very different from that in a moment. They, they come to console him in Job 2.11. They mourn and comfort him. They tear their clothes. They throw dust and dirt on, the air, on their heads and dust in the air, and they sit quietly for a week, respecting his misery and his suffering, okay? So, so I think Job starts the war, and he doesn't realize it. Actually, it's Satan. Actually, you go back oh, to okay. it. Okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, right. yeah I'll tell you. You say why, and uh, so Job is sitting there quietly, and he's and nobody's saying anything. They're not comforting him. Mm -hmm. They're not saying anything. Oh, we're so sorry. Let's pray for you. What can we well, help well, you wait, with? Wait, anything? wait, wait. Okay, no, no, no. That's no, not necessarily me, a bad thing. I mean, no, 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 no. It isn't because comfort sometimes is mm -hmm. is good to be quiet, yeah. right? Sometimes mm -hmm. better be quiet than mm -hmm. say anything, right? But we, but remember. Satan starts this attack on Job after he gets permission from God, right? So I'm thinking there, Job is sitting there saying, why aren't they praying for me, doing something? And, he, and Job puts a thought in his head. He says, Job, tell your friends that you rue the day you were born, and they'll understand how upset you are, and they'll feel sorry for you and console you. And so Job says, I hate the day I curse the day I was born. He slams it out there. Remember, Satan puts thoughts in your head. I don't necessarily and that, think that, that, that was Wait, Satan wait, good. wait. Okay, you'll have a chance in a second. So he shoots it out there. And what does that do? That's the red herring. That's the fire starter button that starts him. But I don't know that that no, no, happened. I'm, I'm just thinking out loud. I'm going to you because that, that discussion they have is ultimately productive. And, and and leads back toward God. So either it, oh, it blew up in Satan's face. This whole thing may have blown up. I never said it wasn't productive. I think it did. But nonetheless, I don't think, I, I think that, that was Job's very honest 
assessment of where he was. In fact, I'm going to I'm going to yeah, fight, they back. I'm gonna fight I'm, I'm, back on that one. I'm going to say that's why we are here. Joe behaves like a man should. I agree. Absolutely. He, he speaks what he's feeling. <laughs> I he agree. doesn't and 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 he's honest. He's brutally honest about his feelings. And yeah, that like a group of guys, they're scared. Well, they don't know where to turn. Here's the problem. The vast majority of men, <clears throat> they are not going to take the wheel and turn it left or right if they don't know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And at least they need to have some inclination that this is the right thing to do. I don't think they knew what to do. They mm-hmm. knew that they loved Joe. They were his friends. They were the ones that showed up tore their garments that stayed there mourned with him but I don't I honestly don't yeah. think they really didn't know what to do because I understand this remember Joe was the big guy he was the superstar these guys could have been the, his lackeys you know yeah. that still like I, I well I think I but I think you're on to something there I think and it's something to remember these guys didn't know what to say oh yeah, absolutely and, and what we're talking so they they fell back on their conditioning and you know even job says it they were they would be wiser if they just kept their mouths shut and so 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 they and how often do we do it i'm i'm saying that kind of in a in a in a spirit of you know you sit there and you know something terrible has happened to somebody they're in a car accident and you know you want to say something consulting you want to say something consoling and you know whatever comes out just Makes False it worse. Yes. Yeah, but, but something yeah, something has to take you that direction. Right. Because right now they're sitting there doing nothing. They say, we came to console Job. We've thrown dirt on our head. We're, we've sat here a whole week, not said a word. And then Job blurts out, I cursed the day I was born. And what they're going to do, they, they're, and I think you're right. I don't think they know how they're going to console him. So here they jump from point A, which is, consoling to attacking (laughs) right and there's no middle way in between Mm -hmm. i think that just took him over the however it did whatever topic Mm -hmm. he brought up was going to take him to where Mm -hmm. they were going to go right they were looking for i think after sitting there for two weeks they had just gotten to the point that dude are you going to confess your sin or what (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like we sat here for two weeks we gave you plenty of opportunity (laughs) okay but the end but You've got to also think about these friends. Here you have Job, super successful, the the main dude of the area. Everybody knows him. He's got all the livestock. He's got the family. He's got no doubt he has the staff. It's been immediate, dramatic fall to the point to where not only does he have anything, he doesn't even have his health. These are friends that are probably sitting there. What's next? How how, how much longer? I mean, is he gonna is he gonna die? Is he gonna give up? You know, they're they're probably grasping for stress. How how can we help him? You know, because they were they were his friends. He probably had helped them several times in the past because he was a guy of means. So and so when they got any kind of glimmer of hope, any little shiny object. Oh yeah, you need to curse God. Well, yeah, yeah, that's right. Because, but they're not natural leaders; they're natural followers. Job was the man, you know. And, and see, there's some people in life that 
A lion is a lion, regardless if there's in the cage or not. Job was a leader, visionary. These other guys, the the friends, they didn't have vision. They they were never going to be vision kind of people, you know. But that's why this is so much of a man deal on Job because in life there's a lot of things that I'm just terrible about, and so I'm just like these friends. I don't really have any advice to give because it's not a subject I know about. And quite honestly, I don't really care, you know. But there are stuff that I'm like Joe. I'm a warrior. I know I'm right. And and it might not be working out now. I might not have a job right now. But I got an interview coming up. And I will be. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's faith. It's it's being that being that man. And that's what I see. I, I see Job as, and it doesn't matter. I mean, thank you for being my friends. Thank you. But you guys kind of suck. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that's... Anyway, hey, we need to take our second break. So this is No Church Answers. We'll be right back. Hey, pastors and church leaders. Are you looking to create an exciting program that will attract, engage, and inspire men in your congregation? Book a live Man Up Spiritual Oasis podcast for your next men's ministry event. Called authentic, gritty, and unexpectedly funny, Man Up has been delighting podcast listeners since 2017. We're not pastors, just regular guys willing to talk about scripture and how we can apply it to our personal faith journeys. Man Up is a refreshing alternative to predictable motivational speakers, offering your audience a chance to connect with everyday Christian men who don't settle for routine Sunday school answers. Interested in learning more? Visit man-upspiritualoasis.com or contact Bill Cox at liveshow at manupmedia.org. And now, back to the fellows of Man Up. And welcome back, everybody. This is uh, No Church Answers, podcast number 265. We're wrapping up Job, and uh, been a real man study. And let me go back to uh, Michael Crapper. <laughs> Did you want to go ahead, Robert, first? No, no, no. no okay. Go, go, go right. Right. He's, okay, so, he's cheating off Steve's paper. I so, am. You know, so both church deal. Paper. The, <laughs> to me, the whole the whole topic of this discussion we're talking about right now is uh, God's statement to Job: "You have not spoken of me." What is right? You didn't say because that to Job. He said that to the friends. Uh, you're correct. You're correct. <laughs> oh, well, look, look at yeah, Steve. Steve's right. picking me yeah. apart. So, well, no, 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 I, I deserve I, it. No, I, you, I deserve I, it. You're right. <laughs> so anyway, um, so so what in the world? Since John, God doesn't go into specifics about that. What in the world is it that they that the guy spoke? that was not right or is it because they didn't speak something that would have made everything in perspective right do you, do you want to answer that well, yeah, well, no, that's really good because i think it was something they said i think i think they were schooled i mean we're talking about you know if if job got schooled a bit but all throughout the dialogues the friends have been sticking to this very traditional very um, you might say human religious narrative about God, the thing mm-hmm. we, we tend to fall into. Remember, we're, we're everything, we're in a state of a fallen state. And so if we're not careful, we turn to the scripture, we turn to 
the Bible and we misinterpret it or we don't don't think about it long enough or as you were saying before Robert don't ask don't ask the right questions and so they fell as you as as they as the dialogues went on they fell into this very uh, black and white reading that God gives good things to good people and bad things to bad people which Job argued with and this this line here pretty much validates whether you like it or not out there he, he said these God is saying to Eliphaz Bildad Zophar and Elihu who's missing but that you guys you're 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 your 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 vision is even more limited than Job at this point. Job at least has the creative sense to envision something bigger, even though he's not quite there. And for that, I gave him a little more to chew on, because he clearly is, you know, in the AP level on this. <laughs> you guys really need to listen to him and and do some thinking because you know you're you're getting it wrong and it is it is it is it is very strong language when you when you think about it i mean it comes very quickly but we looked at all these and 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 we can go back and i again with the the, the we had a we had the podcast a few weeks ago where we actually kind of did the dramatic reading of the dialogues you go back and see what the friends are saying and we we did that with emphasis but god is shaking his finger at that saying, you know, those, that insistence about this so-called order. Now, now, this is, and I'm getting on too long, but we saw the order of things in God's divine speeches. And it was very different from the order of things that the friends thought that God imposes. The friends thought, oh, well, you know, uh, the plants grow, we cultivate, the cows go moo, we milk them, and all it's very nice in our little towns here. And God said, no, that's not all there is to creation. That's pretty much what I've given you a bit of dominion over. Uh, <laughs> how many, I mean, I sort of was, was, how many animals had actually, the human beings actually domesticated? I think it comes down to maybe you can count them all on two hands compared to the animals that are out in the wilderness. And that's kind of what, what's God saying, saying there. There's a heck of a lot more to my dominion than your little world of 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 rewards and punishments so that's that's where i think he's he's going at at this i robert did you want i think to he's i think he's just proving up proving a difference <laughs> between men you know i mean here's the th- here's the thing it boils down to this stand for something or you'll fall for anything job stood for something and that's why he questioned it's everything that was happening to him okay Whereas the friends, they're basically the kind of people that would fall for anything. You ask a salesman, who would they rather have? They'd rather have the person that was hard to sell. Why? Because it'll be hard for the next guy to sell him once you convert him. You know, and that's the that's the thing, same thing. And that's why I think God is just saying, "Hey, have the traits of Job." <laughs> well, I I I want to throw out that 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 trait of Job. One of the traits of Job, and Steve mentioned it, he questions God, and he gets all depressed, but he keeps his piety. You know, he follows his spiritual discipline still. In the midst of trouble, in the hard time, in the time when everybody's telling him, even his wife came up to him and said, for 
just curse God and let him kill you. This is dumb. You know, and yet he holds to his faith in that. And, and I think that's another lesson for us. That, hey, guess what, boys and girls? It's not all unicorns and ponies, you know, and you're not going to get your warm cookie every Sunday with, you know, <laughs> your, your latte at church. And just because your church doesn't sing the exact kind of music you like, you know, and y'all haven't got your latte machine now, doesn't mean you need to leave your church. <laughs> it's it, you sit there and you follow the disciplines. And, and, it, and we talk a lot about this. Faith is a journey. We're, we're all on the uh, more mature side, we'll say, in age. And, and we've been on a faith journey, you know, for years. We've been on a faith journey with this podcast now for five years. Five and a half. Five, five and a half. Five and a half. No, not, a, not that anybody's counting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but it's a journey of faith that you have to go on. And part of that faith is maintaining that discipline. And I, I think that's... I think that's, like you said, Bill, I think that's a big lesson for Job, from Job, that we can learn is that, you know, there is something there about stick to for lack of a better term. Job 38, 2, uh, Steve referred to this in one of our formats in one of the notes he made, and that's, who is this who darkens counsel by words without knowledge? Well, counsel, to me, it means... Uh, recommendations, advice, whatever. But there is a definition that means plan, P-L-A-N. And Steve referred to that and called that plan sometime back. I thought, is he saying, who is this that darkens my plan for creation, for the world, for everything? And, uh, uh, and, and so to me, let me read just a few notes to you. Suffering, as Job experienced, may be a part of God's plan to educate us about serving him, which we learned is true with Job, right, in the end. Job learns that he has no knowledge of anything that God does. He He's just, he has nothing. He says, I speak of things I do not know. So anyway, something bad, here's another point, so, something bad may happen to us and it may be part of God's plan. When Jesus and his disciples encountered a blind man, the disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, his man or his parents? And that fits in with three friends of Job, right? And that's John 9, 2. Jesus answered, nobody sinned, neither sinned. He was born blind that the works of God might be revealed, John 9, 3. So the book of Job is such an example. Job was a good man who had not sinned. Uh, he was a good man, and this is precisely the reason that Job was tested, because he was a good man. God himself stated to Satan that Job is an upright and blameless man, one who fears God and shuns evil, Job 1.8. The disciples of Jesus reflected the belief that Job's friends voiced when they argued about his severe trial which he was experiencing, and the thought has existed for centuries. We often see it even on the news when we see a person who suffers a loss of a loved one who is killed or a tragic accident has happened to him. The person will say he was a good kid or she was a good kid who helped everybody. In other words, the person did not deserve this. Now, the point I'm having, uh, uh, trying to fit all this together and the point I'm learning from Job is this is a sin when you don't identify that or God thinks very little of you if you leave out that part 
that it could be part of his plan. Am I understanding correctly what you're saying, Steve? If you leave out, when you talk about God and you talk about grace as he is and punishment and judgment, you leave out the part that he's also merciful and kind, right? And he will, and he will treat you fairly even when he doesn't need to. And sometimes you will suffer trials and tribulations because you are good. And, and that was one of the first things you brought from the very first of Job. You said, right. why does a righteous man suffer? Mm-hmm. Right? And, and we, I, I do what, before we go, I, I do want to just, just kind of almost for fun, because we were kicking it around before we started. Okay. Um, and, and, and it's like kind of out there, really. Oh, the the for, guy who for the got discussion. the worst, is this the No, no, I want to ask, no, 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 what, what, what my brother. Is, is the Satan in this, in the book of Job, is it before the fall? Or after his after his expel his expulsion from from heaven, and I and I was I, I'm going to say I I think yeah, it's yeah, before the fall. I think it's before the fall. Okay, but, but that, because yeah. he's kind of still part of the council, even though he's kind of the it's adversary. Kind of like joking. They're joking around. They're buds. Yeah, of. and you know he's, he's yes he's got yeah, a he's in the inner circle. So 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 but but, but I, I know you're, you you. I, I think he's not. I think he's had the fall, and he's learned his place from God where he is. Because when he was in heaven, he was a trumpeter, and he was the leader of the choirs, right? He, he also had a voice that was like a, a harp or a musical instrument. He was just tremendous. So he led the worship from the angels before God. Now we see him wandering around earth ah, looking for stuff to do. So, and, and, and by this time, and by the way, when he rebelled against God, he was really angry and upset. And now he's learned that, you know, I'm not going anywhere I if, I, if I don't <laughs> treat God relationally. Right. So I'm thinking he's going up before God as just another angel. Say, like, what are you doing, Joe? What, I mean, what are you doing, Lucifer? <laughs> well, I'm just wandering around the earth like you put me on or whatever. Um, I haven't got much else to do, but, but I don't know that. That's no, it. It's I just mean, a thought I, I because we talked done, about that. It was, you know, I, I just wanted it because it, it's there, and I think it's a natural question. Yeah. And yeah. and the theologians fall on both sides yes. of that. By yes. the way, that they is do. a very <laughs> that is a very deep theological question. <laughs> as, as far as, as <laughs> I'm concerned, I just find it somewhat entertaining, <laughs> as I think the author. Yes. Did no, too. it's interesting. And, and, and can we but, can we all agree on one thing though? Who got his comeuppance the most out of this? Was Satan? Yeah, well, he <laughs> lost the bet. Oh, he 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 and 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 let's let's do a little presupposition. I would presuppose that this is pre-fall. This could have caused the fall. Oh, because because now Satan is all look. Whatever. No one's going to bow down to you ever again, God. Yeah, I, I mean. You know, he because he thought he had a deal, mm-hmm. and it blew up in his face. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> you know, other things, Steve and Robert, maybe and Bill. The other thought could be that they are calling one of God's favorite persons wicked. They are branding him as wicked and evil, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. not admitting it. And 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 I hadn't thought about that, but you know. You will stand up for somebody. If somebody calls your friend a liar and you know they're not a liar, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Right? And if you say, or they, they accuse them of things that you know are not true, there is a, there's a deep voice inside mm-hmm. us that will stand up for a friend of ours or another person. And, and it says, mm-hmm. I, it's almost like Job is God's friend. And he's mm-hmm. saying, do you know my friend Job? 
He's ever righteous, and he has faith in me. And, uh, and, and when you call somebody out and you're wrong, that causes an inner force to well up inside their friends, especially if they're standing there. It's interesting there and they what you use because uh, just, just as a side note, um, the, the book of Job has been retold in various forms and various, yeah. uh, various media throughout time. Neil Simon wrote a play more or less adapted based on the idea of Job, and he called it, the title was God's Favorite. Oh, is that right? <laughs> yes. and, and, uh, and it was about Job. It was, well, it was, it was about a character like oh, Job. Character like Job. Yes, Job-like character. It was definitely inspired by the book of Job. And, and I'm going to disclaim, I don't mean that Job caused the fall. No, no. no. Job no. caused the fall. But no, but it's it, funny it to think about that. It was kind of that. Kind of the straw that broke the camel's back. Satan, maybe? Satan got schooled badly, and he, you know, it's he really was trying to prove something, and it just, it just didn't happen. And that's that's also important because everybody else turns out fine. We don't even see what what happens. Like I see sculpted off into the, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, I've seen no. He's like the the guy I was, I've seen it at the poker table. The guy who just slams the table, gets up, and walks away. <laughs> Excellent. And with that, we're going to go ahead and get uh, just some final takeaways from the fellas about Job. So uh, let's go ahead and get uh, get a takeaway from you, Michael Cropper. The story of Job exemplifies our struggle to understand the problem of suffering. Job was upright. He was unwavering. His commitment to God, as the guys have said over and over again, yet he loses everything, his children, his wealth and eventually his health. For some of us, though, his experience of suffering resonates profoundly. We as Christians believe that God rewards those persons who are righteous, and he punishes those persons who are not, or, in other words, be wicked or evil. Therefore, we may conclude, if I am righteous, I will be blessed, and if I am bad, I will be punished. And punishment is represented by suffering or pain of some type. So, if I suffer some injury and experience some pain, I may briefly ponder whether or not I have done something wrong to deserve it, although I cannot remember doing anything wrong. Well, the book of Job provides a picture of God and his administration over the earth. In his infinite wisdom, we learn that suffering and tragedy may be part of a plan God has prepared for our life. And as for Job... God may want to educate us about something for which we lack knowledge of. Examples, love, sympathy, caring, understanding. Bill? Excellent. Take away from uh, Joe from you, Professor. heard a little poem today. Today there's lots of knowledge but little understanding, lots of means but little meaning, lots of know-how but little know-why, and lots of sight but little insight. The book of Job gives us great insight into the character of God, what it means to ask real questions of God and get real answers. And it gives us the capability to understand that it's okay to question why we're doing what we're doing, but it does tell us that we have to maintain our faith and keep our spiritual head about us, for lack of a better term. Excellent. Steve Titch. Well, 
the takeaway here is definitely not that suffering is some kind of good thing. Uh, suffering is not good. Suffering is something you do w want to avoid. You don't want to happen. It just happens. That's, that's one of the points here. It comes along whether you like it or not. And depending, you know, you might be the, the most pious, uh, most blessed person in the world uh, or the most evil person in the world one way or another because you're human and this is the world you're going to suffer. What what Job did with it, though, which is that he leaned into God in his own way. He was angry at God. He, I mean, it it was there was an emotional reaction, a very strong emotional reaction, but he involved he he, he kept he involved God in it. He didn't simply throw up his hands and say, "I'm throwing it all away because this this patriarchal Judaism." monotheism just didn't work. He kind of called for an accounting. Uh, and as a result, although, although the, I mean, the suffering was alleviated in the story, the suffering, uh, the scope of it didn't change. Uh, it wasn't all wiped out and put back the way it was. He did, they, we do mention his friend still at the very end commiserated with his loss and his suffering, although he, he was restored. He, on a bigger level, he he experienced the divine, and and you can you can take this you you can, you don't even have to get that allegorical about it. His questioning of God, his anger at God, did in some ways provoke a response, and a dialogue, which we a a a certain amount of give and take, though mostly it was God, uh, and an enlightenment. And all that preceded the restoration. He had to pray, he had to repent, pray for his friends uh, before the, the restoral was, was bestowed on him, and that, which, which basically you conclude, that was part of the process, and it was part of the renewal. And as Christians, we, we have that already through Jesus Christ, and that, that that restoration is there, and the question is, is, is what are we going to do with it? Job lived happily ever after. We know the story, uh, but I think, you know, I, I like to think he, he was a much wiser, much, in many ways, although he, I think he still remained a good man, I, I think he, he, he came away with a whole new perspective. Oh, no question about it. And uh, uh, producer Steve put in the production notes for me, Imagine if I was an indie producer and I was doing a film, and I thought about that at length. Imagining uh, Job, I mean, here, here, here the, the, very, the very last, after he had lost everything, essentially he's got this uh, psoriasis and everything. He's scratching to the point where he's bleeding. And imagine it's just an apocalypse behind him, and that's his life. And as he leaves this life he's got three friends with the devil kind of laughing over to the side and then he has just an open area to the right and the friends are trying to minister to him all they can but you know what Job's gods he goes his own way and that <coughs> is the man lesson I think that we need to take from Job God is your plan. 
and then work your plan. We're going to go ahead and uh, get a little bit of a preview of the next study from Professor Kosho. We're going to jump something off we've talked a lot about. Um, we're going to jump into a series on prayer. And prayer as a conversation, prayer as more than just asking God for your Christmas list, which is, we, we've done that one a few times and talked about it, but, but there's a lot more to prayer than that. And so we're going to get to spend 13 weeks really looking at prayer and how it affects our faith and what it really means to pray and have conversations with God. And with that, thanks so much for tuning in. Uh, this is No Church Answers. And once again, thanks so much to our sponsors and supporters. And on behalf of our producer, Mr. Steve Titch, Michael Cropper, Robert Koji, my name is Bill Cox. Uh, our podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. So please rate it and uh, leave a review. And if you have any questions or comments, you can go to our Facebook page or www.nochurchanswers.com and post it there. And you know, if you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. And start Sundays at 9.45. When you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate. Find a small group adult Bible fellowship Sunday school class where you can join uh, for discussions like this. And don't take any church answers. Churchanswers.com and post it there. And you know, if you're unable to attend a church, check out Sugarland Baptist streaming service. It's on Facebook, YouTube, and sugarlandbaptist.org. And start Sundays at 9.45. When you're ready, we encourage each and every one of you to join a local Bible-based church. Why local? So you'll go and participate. Find a small group adult Bible fellowship Sunday school class where you can join uh, for discussions like this. And don't take any church answers. You've been listening to No Church Answers, the weekly Christian podcast for men. Tell us what you think. Leave a comment or review. Want to know more about us? Then visit NoChurchAnswers.com and our Facebook page. Check out our video series on our YouTube channel. You can also become a patron of No Church Answers by visiting our Patreon page. No Church Answers is a production of Man Up Spiritual Oasis Media, which is solely responsible for its content. 